0: Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Almighty God, we come into your presence with awe and wonder. Lord, we know that in your throne room, the very doorposts shake. The voices that cry out, holy, 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 the smoke fills the entire temple, your, your presence is overpowering in light and majesty. And yet we have this incredible privilege that we are allowed to enter into that awesome presence as children. Father, we pray that this afternoon you could speak to our hearts the things that we need to hear through your spirit, through your living word. Lord, that uh, we could shake off the dullness of mind and spirit. And that we could hear with hearts that are prepared, not only to hear, but to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open the word of God to the the book of the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book of the New Testament, chapter 24. Like to begin reading with the Lord's help from verse 22 of chapter 24. Chapter 24 beginning to read verse 22. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, when Lysias the chief captain shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might lose him. Wherefore, he sent for him the oftener and communed with him. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. The context of uh, this passage we read, we know that um, Paul was captured by a a mob in Jerusalem. And we were about to kill him and was rescued by Lysias the Centurion. And then there was a a conspiracy to basically murder him, ambush him. And so Lysias sent him to Caesarea on the coast, which was kind of the, the Roman, center of power um, to keep him safe from the mob and this is when the uh, Jews came uh, to make their case against Paul and to try to accuse him of stirring up trouble all around the Roman Empire and that he had desecrated the temple and he was worthy to die and Paul had just given his defense and uh, said that uh, he actually had a hope uh, toward God, that uh, there is a resurrection of the dead, specifically Jesus, and that that's the only thing that uh, he could be accused of is that he he spoke in a in the council saying he was uh, being called in question because of the point of resurrection of the dead, At which point the the council was very divided, and that's where we t- pick up the story with Felix. So Felix, um, we can read a little bit from this passage we can infer a few things and and history actually records him has coins with his image imprinted on it and his story is kind of known in the ancient world. Uh, Felix was he said he had more perfect knowledge of that way and he deferred them. So he knew he knew a fair bit about Jewish customs having been the commander, he himself was a Greek. He was the son of a Greek king and he was made a Roman freedman along with his brother and his brother was in a very influential position as the secretary treasurer of of the emperor Claudius and that's probably how he got into this position of being uh, the procurator here of Palestine and he kind of knew how to handle things as he was very politically astute. He knew how to take advantage of situations, not always with scruples. Uh, we read here about his wife, Drusilla, that shows up with him to, to hear a little bit more. He was curious about the gospel. He wanted to know more about what Paul believed, and so he came with his wife to hear that. This is his second wife. His first wife was also named Drusilla, was also a princess. This Drusilla here is actually um, the sister of Herod Agrippa and the sister of Berenice we're going to read about in the next chapter. Uh, So she was from that ruling class. And uh, she was already married when uh, Felix noticed how beautiful she was and wanted to have her. And he sent a a magician, Simon, to kind of charm her and tell her how wonderful life was. And he, you know, the first pagan king who Drusilla was married to, had to circumcise himself and commit to following Jewish ways. But Felix found his way around that. And he was able to add an already married woman as his second wife without, you know, committing to any of the Jewish customs. And, uh... He's known in history, uh, uh, Drusilla actually, she's known as, her her son and her probably died in Vesuvius um, eruption. But Felix didn't last here. He was, uh, took advantage of the fact that in Caesarea there was a kind of a polarization, a division kind of like we see in our culture today where people are kind of having some unrest, one versus the other in this case, it was the Jews versus the Syrians. And in his brutal suppression, he kind of took advantage of that to basically um, steal from the people he was suppressing and take advantage of the unrest to, to profit himself. He was removed from his post and called into question, but his, his close ties with his brother probably got him off the hook and he was never um, imprisoned for that. So that's the kind of man Felix was. Just giving a little context. So now Felix, with his wife Drusilla, is hearing the gospel. And what does Paul start with for this man? Usually when we think of the gospel, we we think of the cross, we think of of, OF JESUS DYING IN OUR PLACE. HE'S ALREADY MENTIONED THE HOPE OF THE RESURRECTION AS the GOD'S ACCEPTING and, and, AND THE VICTORY OVER SIN AND DEATH. IT REPRESENTS. BUT THAT'S NOT WHERE HE STARTS WITH FELIX. NOW HERE'S THE MAN. HE'S, he's WITNESSING TO A MAN who, WHO LITERALLY HAS HIS LIFE IN HIS HANDS, can send HIM TO DEATH OR NOT. HE, he, he BASICALLY, IN THE OPENING VERSE HERE, HE, he rescued him from a certain death, because if Felix had given in to the Jews' request that Paul be brought back to Jerusalem, that conspiracy of 40 people that had said they weren't going to eat or drink until they killed Paul would have definitely ambushed him and finished him off. So he had, he had the power of life over death, life or death. But was Paul careful? Was he choosing his words? I'm sure he chose his words. But did he hold back the full gospel, including the bad news that the good news is the answer to, which is a temptation for us when we share the good news. He reasoned of three things. Three things was he had a three-point sermon, if you will. There were three main points that he shared with Felix and his and Drusilla Agrippa righteousness temperance judgment to come righteousness temperance judgment to come righteousness the fact that there is an absolute standard that we are answerable to. There is right and wrong. It's not might makes right. It's not whoever's in a position of power gets to get whoever he likes and take whatever he likes because they are in a position of power that they can get away with it, which was clearly the ethics that Felix lived by. And. We can certainly see many places around the globe, and it's no longer so far from home, where that is the ethic. That people are abandoning biblical-based right and wrong and substituting for it human-based let's make things that feel good right, which is the second point. The second point he talks about is temperance that it's necessary to have self-control. It's that it's not, if it feels good, it's right, which is kind of a popular way of defining good. No, we need self-control, because there's something inherently twisted and wrong about some of our desires. They're out of balance. God has given us these desires, and in the right context and in the right limits, they can be healthy desires. The desire for food, the desire for procreation, the desire for for respect. All of these things can be healthy in the right context. But out of balance, they are damaging to yourself as well as the people around you. As we see even Felix's greed and lust causing damage. To the people he was supposed to protect, but it's not just Roman tyrants that have a problem with temperance. If we're honest, it was Solzhenitsyn who said, you know, as he's writing about the Gulags and and the horrible uh, Soviet oppression of and, and and killing of millions. He says the line between good and evil. This is if you think this is a POLITICAL POLEMIC, HE SAYS, YOU CAN CLOSE THIS BOOK, BECAUSE THE LINE BETWEEN GOOD AND EVIL, HE SAYS, GOES RIGHT THROUGH OUR OWN HEARTS. THAT GOOD AND EVIL ARE WITHIN EACH ONE OF US. THAT WE SHOULDN'T FOOL OURSELVES TO THINK THAT ONLY ROMAN TYRANTS OR COMMUNIST DICTATORS OR EVIL PEOPLE ELSEWHERE HAVE A PROBLEM WITH temperance. AND UNRIGHTEOUSNESS. AND SO WE COME TO THE THIRD POINT. PAUL SPEAKING TO A MAN WHO HOLDS HIS LIFE IN HIS HANDS DOES NOT HOLD BACK FROM THE WORD HELL. JUDGMENT TO COME. EVEN YOU, FELIX, EVEN THOUGH YOU MAY BE UNTOUCHABLE BY THE HIGHEST POWER ON THIS PLANET, and when you're called to Claudius's court over clearly documented abuses of power, you may get off, but you're not going to have any such luck in the judgment to come. Because the judgment to come is not just the court of earthly law. This past Wednesday, we read through chapter 20 of Revelations when it talked about how, let's read it. And I saw a great white throne. This is starting, read from verse 11. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. You get the sense. THAT EVERYONE IS AFRAID OF JUDGMENT. Because DEEP DOWN, EVERY ONE OF US, NOT JUST THE STALINS AND THE FELIXES, EVERY ONE OF US KNOWS WE ARE NOT RIGHTEOUS. EVERYONE KNOWS THAT WE HAVE NOT BEEN TEMPERATE. EVERYONE KNOWS THAT WHEN THE BOOKS ARE OPEN, AND I SAW THE DEAD, SMALL AND GREAT, EVERYONE, Stand before God and the books were opened the books of our own Deeds of righteousness and unrighteousness But thank God another book was opened which is the book of life and The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works It might scare us that Google has a record of our, all our online transactions, all our online viewing habits, everyone we've talked to. We get concerned about privacy now that the government really can know everywhere you've been and when and with who and, and can, can cross-reference that all. Makes us feel like we're naked and exposed. HOW DO YOU THINK WE WILL FEEL ON JUDGMENT DAY WHEN THE BOOKS WILL BE OPENED? AND IT WON'T BE JUST TECHNOLOGICAL TRACES, BUT EVERY DETAIL, NOT JUST IN A SUBJECTIVE HYPOTHESIZED WAY BUT IN A CLEAR OBJECTIVE BY THE ONE WHO IS omniscient AND OMNIPRESENT, WILL BE DOCUMENTED. AND YOU WON'T BE ABLE TO CHALLENGE IT. OUT OF a thousand, TEN THOUSAND QUESTIONS, it SAYS YOU WILL NOT BE ABLE TO ANSWER ONE. THEN WE WILL BE NAKED AND EXPOSED. NO WONDER, NO WONDER EARTH AND, and, and HEAVEN ARE FLEEING AWAY. NO WONDER IN CHAPTER 6 THEY'RE, they're, they're CRYING FOR THE ROCKS to, TO COVER THEM. THEY'RE LOOKING FOR SOME KIND OF COVER FOR THEIR SIN. BECAUSE EVERY ONE OF US WILL HAVE TO GIVE AN ACCOUNT. FOR THE WORKS, ACCORDING TO OUR WORKS. It's IT'S A VERY SOBERING THOUGHT. IT'S NOT ONE THAT WE PERHAPS FOCUS ON AS MUCH IN THIS DAY AS I SEEM TO REMEMBER WHEN I WAS YOUNGER. BUT IT'S ONE THAT SHOULD STILL BE VERY MUCH IN MIND. Sometimes in our modern society, we, we like to divorce actions and their consequences. We think that doesn't matter what I do, I still have my rights, and I still deserve my comfortable life. But the reality is that our actions have consequences. Reality is that our choices make RIPPLE EFFECTS ON OURSELVES AND OTHERS, AND OTHERS' CHOICES HAVE RIPPLE EFFECTS ON US THAT WE MAY NOT BE RESPONSIBLE FOR, BUT WE ARE RESPONSIBLE FOR our, EVEN OUR RESPONSES TO THEIR SINFUL ACTION. IT'S VERY SOBERING, INDEED. ADAM, WHEN HE HEARD THAT VOICE, WHERE ART THOU? HE HID. It was only insubstantial fig leaves that couldn't really cover. Even mountains won't be able to cover our sin. And this is something that is certain, as they say, you know, death and taxes. But Hebrews says it differently. It says it's appointed unto every man once to die, and after that, the judgment. It's unavoidable. You can try to live to 100 maybe 200 maybe you've got a great health regime. Maybe you've got great ways of relieving stress And you've found some kind of way of 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 curing whatever You're not going to be able to avoid Judgment Day And it's a fantasy and people live like there is No eternity like they will never have to face the judge THE ONLY PERSON THEY'RE FOOLING IS THEMSELVES. IT'S FIG LEAVES. YOU THINK NOBODY CAN SEE THROUGH THOSE FIG LEAVES? YOU THINK GOD CAN'T SEE THROUGH THOSE FIG LEAVES? YOU CAN TRY TO FLEE AWAY, BUT THERE WAS NO PLACE FOUND TO HIDE. AND WHAT ARE WE SCARED OF? IT'S NOT JUST THE FATHER AND HIS DISAPPROVAL, NOT EVEN THE ETERNAL PUNISHMENT it's the truth. It's the truth that I deserve it. It's the truth that those records in that book are true. And no matter how much I philosophize and say, What is truth with Pontius Pilate? It's no matter how much I play games and try to redefine righteousness and temperance. NOTHING IS GOING TO CHANGE HOW THE ABSOLUTE GOD IS GOING TO INTERPRET THE ABSOLUTE FACTS. IT'S SCARY. AND WHOSOEVER WAS NOT FOUND WRITTEN IN THE BOOK OF LIFE WAS CAST INTO THE LAKE OF FIRE. IT'S BINARY. IT'S BINARY. It's like one or the other. Either you are written in the book of life or you'll be cast into the lake of fire. How can it be binary? I'm a better person than so-and-so. Don't you see the things I've done, the sacrifices I've made, the times I've I'VE GONE OUT OF MY WAY TO to BE KIND AND DO THINGS I I DIDN'T HAVE TO DO. DOESN'T THAT COUNT FOR ANYTHING? I'VE BEEN A GOOD PERSON. WELL, WHEN I AM JUDGED ACCORDING TO MY WORKS AND THE BOOKS ARE OPEN, THERE'S GOING TO BE THINGS IN THERE THAT ARE GOING TO BE QUITE CLEAR. THAT'S GOING TO BE TRUE, NOT JUST OF ME. BUT THERE IS ONE THING THAT CAN COVER. IT'S NOT FIG LEAVES. IT'S NOT EVEN WHOLE MOUNDS FULL OF ROCK. THE BLOOD OF JESUS CHRIST CAN COVER MY SIN. AND IT'S IN THE BLOOD OF JESUS CHRIST THAT MY NAME, CAN BE WRITTEN IN THE BOOK OF LIFE. IT'S BY HIS GRACE ALONE. AND THAT'S THE OTHER DESTINY. THAT'S WHY HE DIED. BECAUSE HE KNEW THAT I HAD NO CHANCE. HE KNEW MY OWN LACK OF TEMPERANCE. He knew my inability to stand up, to to measure up to his divine standards of righteousness as opposed to some contrived standard of righteousness that I always happened to define just below mine. He he knew, and that's why he sent his son to die in my place so that I could have an alternative to the lake of fire, which wasn't even created for me. BUT FOR THE DEVIL AND HIS ANGELS. BUT THE DEVIL AND HIS ANGELS DIDN'T WANT TO BE ALONE. AND SO THEY ARE DECEIVING THEMSELVES AS WELL AS YOU. SO THEY HAVE THAT COMPANY FOR ATTORNEY. BUT YOU DO NOT HAVE TO BE FOOLED. BUT YET, YOU JUST SAID, EDMUND, THAT HEBREWS SAYS THAT it's appointed to man once to die, and after that, the judgment. What about the believer, the one who is written in the Book of Life? They will be judged too. They will be judged at the Lamb's Book of, at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul spells out to us. And there is going to be still consequences to my choices. JUST BECAUSE JESUS DIED IN MY PLACE DOESN'T GIVE ME SOME KIND OF A CARTE blanche TO DO WHATEVER I WISH WITHOUT CONSEQUENCE. MY LORD WILL HOLD ME ACCOUNTABLE WHETHER I HAVE OBEYED OR DISOBEYED. AND THERE WILL BE CROWNS OR PERHAPS, AS WE READ IN, first, in Corinthians, 2 CORINTHIANS 3, THAT, YOU KNOW, ALL, all MAY BE BURNED AWAY But I will be saved, yet so as by fire. There may be nothing left. Once God looks at my motives, once God looks at um, my life, there are some things that are going to survive the fire of that testing and will be precious stones and jewels and uh, gold and other things that are just going to be hay, stubble, burn up quick, flash in the pan and then gone. Probably a lot of my internet viewing will be in that latter category. Stuff that is just a waste of time. But where we serve one another, as we heard in the song, out of, a, out of love, where we show the heart of Christ to one another, those are the things that are going to endure that fire and will stay and give us something that I can cast at his feet and worship for what he has done for me, the, the sacrifice he has made, the destiny that I was saved from. We all have to deal with the questions, morality, meaning, and destiny which are brought up here as Paul challenges Felix. And Felix has a response. What does Felix say? Yes, I will accept what God has done on my behalf. Yes, I will admit the truth about myself and realize that I will be judged and I need a savior. He trembles. He trembles because he knows deep down it's true. And when you hear the truth, you will tremble too. But what will you choose to do? Because the devils themselves tremble and are still condemned. Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Seemed to be uh, one of Felix's often used techniques. He used it on the Jews. You know, uh, when Lysias the captain come down, then I'm going to know. So you know, we'll just we'll make this decision now, and by then it won't matter. Procrastination. It's very. EFFECTIVE WAY OF NOT DEALING WITH THINGS WE DON'T WANT TO DEAL WITH. BUT, DOES IT SOLVE THE PROBLEM? THE CONVENIENT TIME, DOES IT EVER COME? THE TOMORROW WE PROMISE OURSELVES WE WILL FINALLY DEAL WITH THE QUESTION OF MY SOUL, MY STATUS BEFORE GOD, THE FACT THAT I AM NOT READY for the great white throne judgment that I will be one of those not written in the book of life who will have to stand on my own merits and my own merits will condemn me to the lake of fire. The big question, Felix ducked. He deferred, he procrastinated. WHAT DO WE DO? IT DIDN'T WORK FOR Felix. IT'S NOT GOING TO WORK FOR YOU EITHER. I BEG YOU, STOP RUNNING AND BE READY. GOD HASN'T GOT OUR ATTENTION, WITH ALL THAT'S GOING AROUND IN THIS WORLD TODAY, BY SHAKING UP THE VERY FABRIC OF SOCIETY AND ECONOMICS AND, 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 RIGHTS THAT YOU THINK YOU HAD A YEAR AGO. AND ALL KINDS OF THINGS THAT YOU TRUSTED THAT ARE PROVING THEMSELVES TO BE PAPER THIN. WHAT WILL IT TAKE? HOW LONG WILL WE SAY, WHEN I HAVE A convenient SEASON? WE NEED TO COME TO GOD WHEN HE CALLS. AND WE NEED TO BE URGENT ABOUT IT. BECAUSE WE DON'T KNOW when we're going to be called for a county, it may not be Felix being hauled off to the court of Nero, but one day we will stand in the court of the Almighty. At that time, you will want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We've heard the word not of a man, the word of God. GOD HAS TOLD US THAT HE IS NOT JUST A LOVING FATHER THAT WANTS TO FORGIVE BUT A JUST GOD WHO IS COMPELLED BY HIS VERY CHARACTER TO BE FAIR AND TO execute JUSTICE EVEN ON THOSE THAT HE LOVES HE'S FOUND A WAY TO SATISFY BOTH ON THE CROSS but only you can choose to apply the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of your heart and to avoid the angel of death that is coming. The whole Word of God from beginning to end is an appeal, is image after image, and foreshadowing and encouragement and, and, and cautionary tale and, and inspirational example from beginning to end to the point that here is where it's all going to end on Judgment Day. Are you ready? With that, we conclude this afternoon's service.